Hey everyone, welcome back to the Fin Factor. I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. This is episode number 99. Aaron, I know we're not really doing the whole number thing with the Jersey well, State, but how could we skip on the great one, number 99? I was going to say, well, you know, 100 sounds great, but 99 is the great one, so let's let's pay homage to that. And if you don't know who we're talking about, <laughs> you are a fan post-2000. That is true. That, well, that would be true. But uh, regardless, we're actually not here to talk about him today. We're here to talk about the San Jose Sharks with their second win of the season uh, coming just moments ago, an overtime game against the St. Louis Blues, the second game uh, of that little mini series there. Um, this one, a very different game than the first game they played against the Blues. Um, the first game, what was it, 5-4, uh, I believe, was the final score. Lots of scoring back and forth. Not a whole lot of defense playing there. you got to imagine that the uh, coaching staffs on each respective team were saying, hey, we got to tighten this up, and that's exactly what happened uh, in this game here. Again, a, a 1-2 final. It was 1-1 going into overtime, and, of course, uh, Tomas Hurdle gets the goal in the fourth round of the shootout uh, to send the Sharks back uh, with two points. So uh, on that little whole road trip so far, road trip for the season, I should say, so far, four games up, four points. Not great, but not bad, especially considering where everyone figured the Sharks would be. Yeah, not terrible. I mean, I think I said before going into this series, I would be happy with the split. And it's not exactly a split because the shootout win gives St. Louis the extra points. So they came out with three points. We came out with two. Um, more games like that, that's going to hurt the division overall just because there's more points going up on the board than just two, which is why I think the NHL should have, maybe even just for this season. Uh, why not drastically change the point system and see how that goes on a shortened season? Three points for a regulation win, two points for a overtime or shootout win, and one point for a shootout or overtime loss, I guess it would be. Uh, I think that would have been better because that puts three points. Every game is worth three points. You know what I mean? I, I know what you mean. Um, a different tangent. If, if, a, <laughs> if a shootout win is worth less than an overtime win, then it should be a five-point swing, not just three. It should be five thing for – and then three for the uh, that's, too many. that's too much math. Shootout and then on and so forth. If you really distinguish the difference between overtime and shootout, that's what I would do. Regardless, we're not talking about rule changes. Let's go ahead and uh, kind of recap the first game against the St. Louis Blues again. That one was a, a five-four game. Uh, obviously, the Blues taking that one in regulation, unfortunately. Um, and yeah, it was just one of those games where, gosh, there was a whole lot going on. Uh, defensive breakdowns left and right. There was a lot of scoring. But you kind of have to play both sides of the puck, right? And in this case, the Sharks weren't doing that. We heard Coach Bob Bugner talking about it afterwards and uh, saying that there was a lot of areas where they needed to clean up. Uh, but honestly, he said the defensive zone, he thought it wasn't as bad as many people would think. They were turning the puck over and letting them rush in from other zones, and that's where the problem was. The problem didn't rely so, or, sorry, lie so much in their defensive play once they were set up and in their zone. He said that was actually not bad. But, uh, yeah, you know, just turning the puck over in the neutral zone or uh, basically dumping the puck in, giving them the puck, and then allowing them to break in. So they kind of cleaned up a lot of that tonight too, I felt. So what did you think in terms of that first game? Uh, how did you see it? How did the Sharks play? I thought the first period they looked okay. Uh, Dubnik I thought looked very strong. He made a couple of strong saves, not just in the first period, but I think throughout the game he looked pretty sharp. Um, that got me a little bit more excited about him because he had, you know, kind of a long layoff too. I guess – he kind of played in the playoffs, but he, I don't think he was playing. I think he was he was uh, second fiddle behind um, uh, the former Sharks goalie, was it? Staylock. Staylock, yes, thank you. Um, I thought he played well. I, I want to give him a little bit of credit. Uh, granted, he gave up five goals, but some a lot of those were not his fault. I think it was defensive breakdowns. Um, and part of this, we've been talking about it. Everyone's been talking about it. It's kind of they've had 10 months off of hockey. It's going to take a little while to – kind of get things in. I don't mean a long while. I mean like a week or two. And we are sitting at one week exactly from when they started. They started a week ago. Um, so we saw tonight's game. They looked better than they did on uh, Tuesday night. Tuesday night? What night is it? It's Wednesday? <laughs> Man, I'm losing track of the days. This holiday, I had the I had Monday off and it just messed up my week. Just completely ruined me. So Monday's game, today's Wednesday. Yes. Yes. Sorry. So, uh, oh, real quick here, Nicholas Egan saying, yeah, the more you know, the Nicholas Egan saying Paul's trying to galaxy brand a new standing system. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Why not? Um, 
But I just thought that was funny. And Aaron's apparently losing his mind. That's okay. Uh, the season is still young, just like the Sharks. We will continue to get better uh, as it goes on. Uh, right. Aaron, the, uh, you know, you talked about Devin Dubnik here, and I was a little surprised in game two of this series, um, game four total on the season, that they did not go back to him. I thought he did a, a great job in game three, even though they picked up the loss and even though five goals went in. He looked sharp. He looked stellar. I thought uh, a lot of the breakdowns, you know, two goals being shot through the defenseman's legs as a screen, two deflection goals, really hard to fold uh, the goaltender on that one there. So really the one that was just kind of a scramble in front of the net, I think we'll be talking about that one a little bit here too, but that one seemed like maybe he could have done a better job of trying to get himself his bearings right and covering that puck up. But the other goals, I felt like, you know, maybe you can't really blame this guy on it. I know I'm kind of more of a goalie apologist and everybody says that, but hey, guess what? It's not Aaron Dellen Jones. It's just goalies in general. And I told you that was the case last season. And here we are with Devin Dubnik, and I'm saying basically the same thing. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I feel like he, he played really well and he deserved the start for today's game. But, um, you know, in the same way that Jones deserved the start for game two. And I guess Bugner saw it a different way. And, hey, it, it seemed to work out this time around. So no problem there. But um, Kevin LeBanc, he's the scores his first goal of the season in uh, game number three, the first game against the St. Louis Blues. You want to kind of walk us through that one? Sure. Yeah, he scored. He scored a pretty nice goal, and uh, you could. It was a tip in, I believe, right? It was a shot from the point, and he tipped it in. It was like a almost like a changeup because um, it wasn't like it deflected in quickly. It just kind of changed direction, and it was going really slow. But he got Bennington moving from side to side, and he slid out of position. And all he could do was watch it go by. He was already completely out of position. Uh, but you could see the reaction in LeBanc's face. It, it looked like both excitement and relief that he scored a goal finally. Uh, so that probably gets the monkey off of his back a little bit, at least for the next game or two, where he's not putting so much pressure on himself to do so much. Um, not to talk too much about tonight, but during that overtime, I saw him on the ice for a very long shift. And it reminded me of a game last season. That I think it was him and Meyer stayed out for a long time. I don't remember the game or who it was against, but they ended up getting scored on because they were too winded to even get off the ice, just trying too much. And I felt like, I yelled, I'm yelling at my TV, like, get off the ice. You're going, you're way too far. You're acting like me in NHL 21. Like, it might be a pro. Like, I'm just going to stay on. And it's, you can't do that in real life, obviously. So, um, so I thought, uh, but I thought it was good to see him in get his, uh, get his first goal of the season, get a little more confidence, I think. Um, I think his play is picking up. He is being a little bit less selfish, minus tonight in overtime. Um, but it's good to see him get going. He he really needs the Sharks really need him. Not so much he needs to, but the Sharks really need him to be that player that he keeps saying he is going to be. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with you on that one, and I'm I'm looking forward to Kevin LeBanc kind of finding his game. There's uh, you know a couple uh, tweets or re- replies to a tweet that I had, and it was just kind of out of nowhere. I didn't say anything about LeBanc, but people just had responded, "Hey, LeBanc needs to pick that puck up." Unfortunately, I was cooking dinner for my family at the time, so I wasn't sure exactly the play that they were talking about. But uh, a couple people saw it the same way that he just kind of let a puck go on the boards, and instead of waiting for Carlson to get it, he just kind of should have gone after it. But I guess he kind of got caught like looking at it and then not really doing anything, and then um, people were had taken notice of that. So. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to him kind of picking up the rest of his game and definitely looking forward to him becoming the player that he says he's going to be. Like you said, uh, the the player that Doug Wilson is paying for uh, this time around. So, um, you know, again, you, you have this huge long layoff and guys are starting to get into it. And I feel like tonight we kind of saw a little bit more of that. Uh, we, we saw guys kind of getting into the flow a little bit better. They were playing much better. In fact, even in game three, you can see the power play making some good strides. Logan Couture scoring his second goal. Uh, on the power, the second goal, I should say, on the power play there. And, uh, you know, kind of the, the defense kind of gets pulled uh, apart, right? So the, the Sharks are passing the puck really well. They're controlling it really well in the zone. And they're kind of picking apart the defense. Are you seeing it the same way? Because it looks like the power play is way more dangerous than it was last season. And it's uh, it's starting off the right way. Absolutely. What I'm, what I'm seeing is Carlson's at the point, and he's by himself at the top of the blue line. He's got Burns on those on his left side, and uh, whoever else is out there, they kind of rotate around. Couture and Meyer, I think, are switching and Kane. Um, but you kind of seeing him feed Burns if he's open for that one timer, almost like the Ovechkin office slot area. So um, that's something that you and I had kept saying last season that they should be doing, and they finally set it up to do it. Um, but it's also on top of that, not just that one timer, but when they pass it down low on the half boards there, they're looking across the ice to the other side, and it's really opening up the defense 
because um, the defense needs to cover the shot, but that kind of opens up some passing lanes going across, which the Sharks, in this case, for the Couture goal, he, uh, I think it was Burns, he slotted it all the way across to him, and uh, he one-timed it in to practically an open net. Um, so I, that was something, I know I read it on San Jose Hockey Now, uh, something that Shang Peng covered about how Rocky Thompson is going to change the power play and how this look is. And um, we are not endorsed by him, but I encourage you to look at his website and, and subscribe because he has some very valuable breakdowns of uh, everything the Sharks do. So um, he's got some great some great gifts in there of explaining exactly what's going on, and this was one of them. A um, couple of looks on the power play. This is, this is a different look, different uh, structure than what the Sharks have had in the past, man, probably three or four seasons. Uh, and it's working. I think it looks great. And the Sharks, at least, even if they're not scoring, they're putting up some good chances. I mean, in that game, in game, the first game against St. Louis, where they had they were two for three on the power play, so they got two goals on it. Um, their power play is going to be surging up, I think, in the rest for the rest of the year. That's going to be much better than last year. Yeah, I keep on that trajectory. Only good things can be happening here. Uh, one, a couple things. Nicholas Egan says to Aaron's point, the bank shift in OT was a minute forty-five, way too long. Uh, 100% agree, and that's that's exactly what Aaron was just talking about. That's that's the, twice the length, really, more than twice the length that it it really ought to be. Um, also, want to call out Brash John. I think is how you say it. I made it to a live stream, all cap. <laughs> so he's screaming it out, baby. Hey, we're happy to have you here, buddy. Uh, I have hopefully happy I could catch finally catch you guys in real time. Yes, we're happy to have you in real time as well. If you have any questions that you'd like to. Uh, uh, bring up that about the topics we were talking about. Feel free to put them in there. That goes for anybody who's in our uh, comment section here, the live chat. Uh, we love taking the comments. Uh, we may kind of skim through what we want to talk about first and then get to you guys, but uh, we certainly do love hearing from you. So uh, moving right along, second period. Oh, those second periods, Aaron. <laughs> Everything seems to just fall apart. I don't know what it is. The uh, Blues outscore the Sharks. It was a 4-1 to one in the second period alone. Yeah, yeah. They uh they quickly tied it up. What was it? In the first four minutes and nine seconds in, they they tied up the game. That just completely derailed the Sharks. They lost all their momentum, uh, all their hard work in the first period to to get up two nothing, and it goes away within four minutes, like a flash in the pan. So it's really uh it's a really disheartening thing. And I think even a couple minutes later, they rang one off the post, so they should have actually gone up ahead within probably five minutes of the second period. Uh, so St. Louis seemed like they were downhill or down ice uh, in that period. So the Sharks didn't look good. But credit to the Sharks. They did score again to uh, to at least tie it up. And that goal by Burns, did you see that goal? That was such a power move that a, a man that large should not be able to do what he does. Almost as if he's got some experience uh, in close to the net. We're going to start a controversy. Of course you are. Now, everyone, I mean, you're not going to be the only one saying that, too. Like, they should move him to right wing. He won't be doing that. I'm not going to get into that. Not going to get into it. Um, anyway, that move, that power move was amazing. I thought, uh, holy cow, I haven't seen him do that, obviously, in a long time. Because we're used to seeing Burns at the point now taking bombs for the last couple of seasons and looking for tips or whatever, or just scoring. Um, but that goal, man, so uh, for those who didn't see it, you need to go back and look at it. He basically uh, he got the puck in the slot area. It was someone fed it to him from down low behind the goal. He was kind of wide open. I believe it was a power play goal. That was in the second power play goal. Um, he kind of dipsy doodles the goalie and puts it up high, real quick, real tight inside. So um, I don't even know how he got it up that high. So it was just amazing. It was like holy cow! Watching on replay, it was in slow mo. It was like that's amazing. He just completely juked uh, Bennington out of his shorts. So. Um, yeah, Great on him to finish that and not get stoned, you know, in there. I going to say, he picks the puck up on his backhand, uh, and he's really in tight, and he just moves the puck, basically the width of the net because he's got such a long reach, right? So he moves it all the way from one post, pulls it to the other side, and just uh, roofs it, and just, just a beautiful shot. Uh, amazing stuff by the defenseman Brent Burns in tight on the power play. I really do like the look of the power play. It's, it's been great so far. Um, and, and you're right. They finally listened to us, Aaron. They finally put Renzi in the Ovechkin office and put uh, Carlson up at the point there. So, uh, yeah, Burns, again, silky mitts uh, from the big man with the beer, the Sasquatch. Uh, and then, uh, unfortunately, we've got St. Louis tying it up with the scrum. So go ahead. And yeah, uh, it was kind of a breakdown um, coming back the Sharks way, and people were 
Yeah, you saw uh, Carlson kind of get burned uh, along the boards. I think he was kind of out there for a longer shift, but he gets burned. They get a good shot, a good chance. Dubnik makes a great save. The rebound comes popping out, and you kind of see the Sharks players were trekking back, but they kind of overcommitted, and they're all just standing in front of Dubnik. Nobody's picking up the uh, the trailer coming in, and the guy, I don't even remember who it was, but he shoots it, and um, Dubnik made a diving save. I don't even think he had a stick. I think he just kind of reached out with his hands and blocked it down but he it's like he blocked it with his hands with his legs coming back towards him and it kind of bounced off his pad and into the goal behind him it would have been an amazing save had he it was if he was able to at least control it or just block it out um but again it looked like the sharks didn't clear the front of the net they didn't pick up the uh the trailer that was coming in and they just kind of overcommitted. they seemed out of place granted it was I think this was the fourth line. I think Handemark was on the ice for this one, um, but still, you need to you need all four lines to be able to be responsible on the ice. So, uh, once again, that was uh, that put St. Louis or St. Louis tied it, I believe. No, that put them up because that was after the burn school. Yeah. So that put St. Louis up going into the third period. Right. Um, so we'll uh, we'll speed through this here. Uh, the the yeah. Sharks tied up with five minutes left in the third, uh, and unfortunately, I mean, it's good to see them bounce back, right? It's good to see them respond. Um, so uh, that's the one of the things you want to say. That's a characteristic thing. That is a a character move from the guys that are on the ice to not just roll over and go, ah, oh, gosh, I, we we uh, you know we lost the lead again. Uh, you know they're just scoring on us again. We're just gonna glide through this, whatever. No, uh, you pick yourself back up and you say, okay, let's uh, let's start going back to work. Uh, to per Bob Bootner saying the same thing about Eric Carlson's game. He just needs to get back to doing the simple thing, not trying to make the home run pass every single time. And I feel like that's what the Sharks did right there. Right before they get back into the game, they tie it back up. They just, okay, let's calm it down. Let's stop trying to do these, these long bomb passes. Let's just work on one play at a time. And eventually we'll chip away and get towards the net. Well, they did that and they score and uh, ties it all up. Now, unfortunately, again, St. Louis scored with 9.5 seconds or no minutes, sorry, left to go. And um, that was, you know, again, kind of deflating, and they hold them off at the end there. But, you know, you can't win them all. I, I, I know we were talking about maybe being able to split this series, and, and obviously we had split Arizona series. So if you have to lose one and win one, and that's your split, obviously. So then, okay, if this is the one that we lose, then we'll come back with a better effort. And I feel like they did that uh, in the second game of this series. So I thought, again, to wrap up game one, Dubnik did play well. I'm sorry, game three, game one against the Blues. Dubnik did play well. I felt he deserved the start um, based on the fact that Jones played well and then he got another start. So I, I'm, I'm not sure why they didn't go back to him. But, again, it seemed to work out in the end uh, because in game four, of course, the Sharks get the win. So um, moving right along to that, let's just go ahead and start talking about that. Jones, uh, he looked sharp tonight. I thought he was on point. Um, he was centering himself well to the puck. I thought he did a great job in net. So, I mean, did you see it the same way? Did you see some little blunders? I'm sure people will be able to pick little parts of his game apart. But on the whole, I thought he did great. Well, no goalie is going to be perfect. They're going to get lucky at some point. So even when they get shutouts, they're going to have some luck on their side. I thought he played great. I thought he looked sharp. Uh, he definitely looks like a different Jones this year. I also think part of that is the defense is kind of cleaning up more stuff, and they're going to be sharper, um, especially as the season goes on. They're going to they're going to tighten up stuff, um, and this is going to go around the whole league. This isn't just specific to the Sharks. Everyone around the league right now is not looking great. I mean, think about St. Louis. If you're a St. Louis fan. You get blown out 8 nothing by Colorado. You barely beat the Sharks 5-4, to who are supposed to be a much inferior team. That was a hard-fought win, and you lose in the shootout to them. Uh, St. Louis fans are not going to be happy about these two games. Um, just, just showing you that it's not just the Sharks that are not looking sharp. Um, I, I I don't know. I, I forgot what you even asked me. <laughs> Again? Again, I'm sorry. Goodness gracious. I was just saying how you, how you saw Jones' game, and it seems like you agree. So we'll move on from that. Um, actually, I do want to bring up one comment real fast, and I have to scroll up a little bit to see it. Oscar Murillo, I hope I'm saying that right. Greetings from South Korea. Awesome. Uh, we haven't even done a roll call, and he's already telling us where he's coming from. Uh, just want to call that one out because South Korea, that's a new one. Uh, I haven't seen – I've seen Australia before. I haven't seen South Korea. So, uh, hey, thanks for, for popping in and checking out the show. So, uh, moving right along from that, let's see. Uh, more aggressive power play uh, – power moves from 
Hurdle and Meyer. Yes, I absolutely agree. Uh, Hurdle and Meyer looking very strong on their skates, especially Meyer. You can see him when he barreled down the left-hand side and he came right at Bennington. Unfortunately, I feel like he kind of just shot it right at the logo there. He could have done maybe a little bit of a, a better move, maybe pull the puck you know, across to his backhand and try to go far side post instead. Or, you know, obviously the EK9 goal in, I think it was game one, I don't know if it's game one or game two now, but uh, he just kind of uh, pulled it in and roofed it on the uh, short side there. Maybe something a little bit more um, than just putting it on goal would be nice uh, from Timo because he did have the defender beat. Uh, but other than that, yeah, I mean, him, Hurdle, and, and Kane to some extent, and at least in this last game, showing their speed, showing their strength, showing their power. Unfortunately, Kane showing that he can take penalties uh, very well as well. We'll get to that in just a minute. But, yeah, you're absolutely right, Aaron. Um, they, they had uh, some really good power moves. So uh, I don't know if there's anything else you want to say about that. Yeah, they just they seem more aggressive to me when they have the puck. Instead of – I feel like last year they would have uh, either circled around the net or kind of stayed around the perimeter and tried and find somebody in the slot area, which – led to a turnover going back the other way. So they're kind of, uh, they're taking more of a um, aggressive approach and going towards the net, which I like, I like it. It's more creativity. It's less uh, predictable. And um, I think the sharks kind of look more dangerous because of it. And yeah, Meyer, I feel like especially is going to hurdle was already kind of in his own, right? He's one of the top players. I think this is a good confidence booster for Meyer to, to get his game to where it needs to be and be that player that the Sharks have hoping that he was going to be when they drafted him in the first round. And, and interesting that you say how they would kind of go around the perimeter instead, because there is a difference uh, in, in having a big body and being strong on your skates. There's a difference in protecting the puck along the wall and being a real powering uh, force, you know, power forward, having having that 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 um, drive to the net, really, and being able to use your body there instead, taking those that pounding from the guys that won't want to let you into that area, right? That's high danger scoring chances. You can protect the puck on the board all day long, but unfortunately not many goals are going to come from the boards. So um, it's nice to see them really kind of turn their legs and getting into those, those areas where it's, it's dirtier, it's harder to get there. And it uh, looks like both Timo Meyer and Tomas Hurdler are, uh, are doing that. So uh, I noticed a lot in the chat here, uh, people saying, hey, EK65, not looking quite so bad today. Um, so it wasn't just us. Uh, I felt the same way. I felt like uh, Eric Carlson had some very nice moves today. He was dancing around out there, uh, split a couple uh, attackers a couple times, protecting the puck away, using his stick, using his skates, using his reach, uh, his hockey sense, getting the puck up and out. And again, we see him making these passes that hit the stick and then explode. Um, I don't know if they have just not figured out how to handle an Eric Carlson pass yet or what the case is, but this is something that we've seen ever since he joined the Sharks is that especially early in the season, they have a real hard time handling his passes. I don't know what it is about that. Uh, well, it's kind of his MO too, going back to his Ottawa days where he never had a good start to any season. He's always, And maybe that goes to his training. Maybe it goes to – He's just not in shape or ready, you know, but it always takes about a week or two, and then he's hitting his stride and becoming that best player that we've seen him. Um, going back two seasons ago, his first full season with the Sharks, like, uh, same thing happened. Remember that December, he went on a tear where he had, what was it, 24 points in 14 games or something like 20, that? 25 and 14, I think is what it was. But yeah. yeah. Um, not that I'm saying he's going to do that now, but at least he's starting to feel better and getting into his groove. So um, I'm... I'm hoping – I was hoping that he wouldn't need another week or two to get into his, his shape or into a season, but uh, he definitely looked better tonight, and uh, hopefully this is the Carlson that we're going to see and he doesn't get hurt. If he gets hurt, man, the whole fan base is going to turn on him so bad, so quick. <laughs> it's going to be unreal. Everyone's going to say, I told you so. Doug Wilson, you should be fired. Ah! <laughs> is that the sound they make? Yes, every time. Ah! Every time. <laughs> All right, well, uh, I'm going to read this next comment in that voice. Taylor Kearney, Kane needs to be more disciplined. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, you're absolutely right, and that's our next topic here is uh, EK9 with, I think it was four penalties on the night. Brutal. Okay, let's go back to when, uh, maybe even a season or even two seasons ago uh, with Eric, uh, um, sorry, Evander Kane. Um, one of the things I had said was, you know, I understand – He's that guy. He's like that snipe forcer, right? He's the guy that's um, the the force to deal with. He's going to take fights, and he's going to be the intimidating guy, but he's also got a really good shot, and he's that power forward type, right? So he's got a good mix of both. And I said, 
well, I'd rather see him out of the penalty box and using the skills, right? I'd rather see him doing that. And and tonight was got like the quintessential, like not what I want to see night from EK9. Um, the guy is just too talented to be spending that much time in the penalty box. And beyond that, I mean, he took penalties when they were on the power play and it totally kills momentum, especially when your power play has been doing fairly well. Now, I think uh, Kurz had said they were 0 for 6 at one point in, during the power play, but they had only had like eight minutes of power play time. <laughs> you do the math, eight minutes of power play time should be four penalties, not six. So where did that extra time go? Well, <laughs> Evander Kane kind of blew it for them. So uh, it's just unfortunate, you know. I, I don't know what else this guy needs to do or get through his head uh, to, to just stop taking these goofy little penalties where he just trips a guy off the face off or I think he slashed Bennington at one point. Um, just silly things like that, man. Beat him on the scoreboard. So um, I don't I don't know. Is, is this guy more of a liability? I, I mean, I don't think he is, but is he becoming more of a liability now? No, I don't think so. I think this is exactly who Evander Kane is. This is his game, and I have no problem with it. I know exactly <laughs> – I, I like it. I think uh, Vander Kane, um, this is who he is. He's going to be a 30-goal scorer. He gets close to 100 penalty minutes. And I am okay with it because he's not going to be a 90- or 100-point player. We're just not going to see that. So I don't mind it. I think I like seeing the chippiness. I like seeing um, I like seeing him um, get into the people's heads kind of like that. Now, that St. Louis didn't win the game, right? They didn't blow the game. I, I just... I think um, I'm okay with it. I know. I think we talked about this before. I'm always on the on the on the side of okay with it. To me, it's more like an Owen Nolan type player, a little grittier than Owen Nolan, if that was such a thing. But uh, a little more in your face and a little more, um, a little more like that. I'll, I'll save the word gritty um, or grittier. Uh, I don't want to have any ties to Philadelphia here, but I'll save grittier for Owen Nolan. I think um, maybe a little less disciplined uh, would be EK9. Uh, I, I think Owen Nolan, when he played, had definitely as much grit as you could possibly have on any one player. So I don't want to take any of that away from him. Um, and I see some people in the chat saying, uh, Nicholas Egan says, Kane was one away from fouling out tonight. That slash on Bennington was awful. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you, you just can't do that. You, you can't constantly be sitting in the penalty box, especially when you are, you know, in, in the top six of an already sort of thin top six. Uh, and you're just taking too much away from your team. Uh, we just have to have him to not do that. And I'm sure Bob Bugner is going to be sitting down and talking with him about that. Absolutely. Um, so hopefully we see improvements there as we've seen improvements on the team kind of throughout. And one of those improvements, Aaron, was, you know, even the fan base was saying, hey, we need more scoring from our bottom six. What's going on? They're not really chipping in. Uh, Marcus Sorensen, finally not Snorensen, Scorensen, uh, <laughs> silences the haters there. Did you see this goal? I mean, this guy was in yeah. full-on Superman dive mode. So uh, the, the puck, he, first of all, he digs the puck out uh, from the, the low boards, the low corner, uh, bounced off the wall to uh, it was Brent Burns, and then he fires it across, and I can't remember if it was Ferraro. Ferraro puts a shot on net. Nieto gets a little tip on it, and uh, initially gets the save. It kicks out to Sorensen, and uh, Tory Krug is kind of draped all over Sorensen's stick, but he just dives forward. Uh, as if he was Superman, as if he was trying to get into a swimming pool, um, as if there was only one Oreo left and he was five feet away from it, right? This guy went after it, and they even had it on uh, Twitter of him kind of diving, and they put a cape on him and everything else. It was really good stuff. But, no, he just dove out there, slammed his stick at the puck, and bangs it in, and he he scored it when he was in midair. Um, really phenomenal stuff. Great effort by uh, Marcus Sorensen there. And um, no, nice net front presence, I have to say, also by Matt Nieto. Uh, to get the tip on there. He swung and missed to try to get the goal in there, but it all worked out anyway. So you get a uh, point from Ferraro, who's not one of our big three, right, on, on the defensive side of things. You get an assist from Matt Nieto, who's a third liner, and you get the goal from Sorensen, who's been third, fourth line. So there you go. Some uh, some bottom six scoring, and especially even getting Mario Ferraro jumping into the play as well on the, the secondary assist. Right, so that's considered – was that considered our fourth line more than the third line? Getting I'm goal? not sure now. <laughs> I know, that kind of makes it I'm, – I'm looking at the ice time. Sorensen had the least amount of ice time of all the forwards at 8 minutes and 57 seconds, and he's the only one that got the goal. That's that's efficient right there. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd say that's probably the fourth line. Um, that, that's great. That's exactly what the Sharks need. And if they didn't get that, if you're relying on your top guys – Top guys didn't do it tonight, so you need that. Uh, you need those that third and fourth line scoring. So it's good to see it's another confidence booster. 
get Sorensen into Scorenson and not Snorenson. That's funny. I don't think I've heard Snorenson before. <laughs> uh, um, Mr. Sandpaper called me out. Aaron was a Sorensen hater preseason. I was. I was. I, I just feel like at this point, uh, there's better options on the team that are cheaper and younger. That's all. You too? Me too. Yeah. Me too. I admit it. I admit it. Even like, I think it was, uh, gosh, after game two, I think, uh, I had said, you know, I'm not, I'm just not high on Sorensen anymore. Um, and you know what? Okay. He's got a goal. Uh, what's this guy's name? Mr. Sandpaper. Let's check back in a couple of weeks. Again, the way we do this show and the way we've always done this show is to not do it after every single game and analyze and break down every single one, right? Um, we're kind of, yeah, more, you know. Uh, the, the reason we're kind of doing these now is because they have like kind of mini series and we thought it was kind of cool to break down, you know, the, the games against the same opponent, right? That, that would make more sense. Uh, as opposed to just like every single game for us, right? Jeez, yes, the more you know. Oh, we got it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, c- come back and, and, and check with us in, in a few weeks and we'll see. Um, because in the same way that we don't want to judge the team or any one player on just a game here and there, we look kind of like the body of work. I want to see his body of work in the next uh, next few games here. Like like for the team, we're talking about maybe 15 games. We'll see where they're at. Let's check back in 15 games on Sorensen and see what his stats look like before we start uh, praising the guy. So, uh, Aaron, anything else you want to talk about with uh, the Sorensen goal, or can we move on to the shootout? No, let's move on to the shootout. Okay. Well, before the shootout, uh, the, the overtime period, lots and lots of possession uh, by the San Jose Sharks, I felt. Uh, they kept bringing the puck in, taking it out, bringing it in, taking it out, kind of uh, – just kind of playing with the Blues there for a bit. And I saw a couple nice moves. Eric Carlson with the puck. Um, didn't give up on it in a couple times there. So it's not so much the skill that I want to call out here. It's the legs. It's the fact that he was like chasing after the puck, even like down the offensive zone. The two forwards were sticking back, and he was jumped in. Um, the legs were moving. The legs were working. So I think we can finally happily say, yeah, I don't think there's a problem with the groin. I think he's 100%. He looked 100%. He was out there skating and moving, so I'm happy to at least say that. Unfortunately, uh, the, all the, the the overtime was for naught, and we had to go to the shootout once again, the second time in four games, and also the second win, uh, both of them being in the shootout for the Sharks this season. So um, let's see, Perron, you have here the shootout. Perron drew a penalty, but um, you're saying that it looked like a dive, and, and Brent Burns felt like it was a dive as well. So you want to kind of talk about that one? Yeah, this was uh, in the last 10 seconds of overtime. Uh, Perron had a break on him. I I was afraid, and I think what Perron was trying to get was a shootout or a uh, um, penalty shot. So I think uh, he definitely took a dive. He was leaning in on Burns, and then he just all of a sudden his skates went whoop, and Burns is like, are you kidding me, man? Come on. So they called him for a hold, and they got a power play for the last 10 seconds. Now, I'm sure Burns was probably holding him. I'm not saying it wasn't a penalty, but Perron definitely took a dive. He definitely embellished it a lot. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's going to get a letter from the league. Now, the way that uh, diving works, if I'm not mistaken, a letter gets sent to the player without it being public so nobody knows. But the second offense, um, there is a fine and it's announced. So when you, whenever you hear there's a fine for somebody who dove, that means they've already been busted once before. So being that it's the fourth game of the season, at least for the Sharks, I think, yeah, for St. Louis too, um, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a letter in the mail for for embellishing on that one. I mean, that was pretty bad. That was... I thought it was pretty bad. I still think it was a penalty on Burns, but it still it could have been. Uh, I don't know if they call it simulated. I think that's what's called in soccer, but um, it it seemed like a dive to me. Okay. Trying to get a penalty shot in the last ten seconds of the game or in overtime to get that uh, that row instead of uh, the shootout win. You know what I mean? It's one of those ones where I feel like if this was playoffs, they wouldn't be calling that right. Well, if it was playoffs, it wouldn't have been three on three. So no, fair enough. But I'm saying uh, uh, if it was late in the game and yeah. someone's leaning like that and just kind of oh, I fell over, right? Um, probably not going to be calling that one. Well, I'm going to call that the last two minutes of a third period or something, or last minute of a third period. Yeah, I don't think. But were. so they they probably wouldn't have called that. What I am going to call out though, and we'll get right back to topic, is Noah Claxton saying, "Zoom in on Paul's face, bring back the zoom." And super producer Jason uh, with the, uh, the super zoom was in studio. Thank you. I, I want to say two things about this. One, why would you want to zoom in on my face? Okay. Number one, 
Number two, Noah, uh, mm, don't you do it. <laughs> Number two, uh, Noah, obviously a, uh, a guy who's been with us for a while, if he knows about the Super Zoom. So uh, we, we appreciate that. Thank you for coming back and sticking around with us. Um, awesome stuff. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's no uh, regulation overtime wins uh, for the San Jose Sharks so far this season, which is unfortunate. That, that kind of makes me a little upset because I'm pretty sure the standings are going to be super tight and they're going to need as many rows as they can get. Rose regulation overtime wins. That's what Rose stands for. If you didn't know that, um, as of right now, the standings, the sharks are in fifth place. Um, but they only have, they have no regulation wins. Us in Minnesota, who we happen to be playing next have no regulation wins. Maybe that's why they didn't have Dubnik dress actually in game four. That's what I'm when, 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 well, when we were going to move back to that, I think they're going to yeah. keep him fresh for the first game in Minnesota as a redemption game. Okay, fair enough. But uh, the, the shootout, we didn't actually talk about the shootout at all. So uh, it goes three rounds. Nobody puts it in. Interesting, though, Bob Booner goes straight back to Donato, Couture, and then uh, Hurdle, I think, was the, uh, the the third one there, right? Fourth one or third one because he scored. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, he was the, the, the fourth one. I don't remember who the third one was now. Oh, well. Donato, <laughs> Couture, LeBanc, Hurdle. Yeah. Uh, and, and Martin Jones shuts everybody down. Uh, they, they tried to go. The thing with Martin Jones is uh, you, you should be have the scouting report that you want to go high glove uh, and not a fancy move and trying to go backhand like Ryan O'Reilly tried to do. Um, I forget who the thing was. Perron was the first skater, and he tries to go uh, on his blocker side, and Jones was having none of it. So uh, I guess they missed the scattering report because that's the uh, the best way to try to score on Martin Jones is try to go high glove. Uh, just kind of more or less uh, head on, really. I don't think you're going to have to make a, a big move. Uh, the, the more you move around, the, I think the, the worse it gets for you, quite frankly. So, um, yeah, no, he, he shut everything down, did awesome. And then uh, Hurdle just comes in. I forget exactly how he uh, he threw the puck in because it was such a rush for me to, like, get this all together and try to do the show, yeah, put the show on and everything else, like grabbing a chair and everything else. So uh, do you remember how, uh, how he put it in? Maybe you can describe it to the folks here. Uh, no, I don't, actually, because I was oh. getting ready for the show. Good <laughs> so for nothing. Laughing. Okay. Well, Hurdle did score in some way, shape, or form, right. and it was awesome because uh, we won. So <laughs> the more you know. Uh, that's actually the less we know because we didn't actually – remember how it goes in who cares how right they don't, don't ask, ask how. how just how many there you go and uh, how many is two as in two wins uh two points on the night so uh the sharks again uh 50 right now in terms of uh point generation on the season so far so that is more or less what we wanted to talk about here uh, i know you've wanted to talk a little bit about the upcoming series against the wild i know i, I mean i don't know but i'm i'm 100 percent sure <laughs> so i know um that devin dubnik should be getting this start uh the first one I, I like the idea of like you said give him the redemption go ahead and throw him in there and i feel like if he does well in this game they will go back to him uh just in the same way that when uh, Jones in game one, when he did well, they went to him in game two. And I think you're right, probably didn't uh, have him play in game four, even though in the third game of the of the, uh, of the season, he played really well, just so that he'd be fresh for Minnesota. Absolutely. I think, and there's a good question here saying, uh, I just saw it. Would you say, this is from Brass John, would you say Jones has earned the starting spot yet, or you still think it's a 1A, 1B? I think it's going to be, no matter what, it's going to be a 1A, 1B, unless one goalie just all of a sudden takes a nosedive. I don't I don't see that happening. Um, I think that it's a great situation for both goalies because they both have something to prove. So they're kind of pushing each other. They also have Nabokov as their full-time goalie coach, a new system of defense, not just their defenders, but their team defense in front of them, is a lot better than it used to be, giving up much less high-scoring chances. Um, so you know they're going to be better. There's there's no way that they're going to end up with the same save percentage as they did last year. So uh, it's a good situation for both of them. I think um, going back to the question of if, if Jones takes over, I still think it's way too early. Um, I still think because the Sharks have the most back-to-backs in the league at 12 this season, um, they are just going to go back and forth. I think what we saw is Jones played well and got the win in the shootout, so he earned the right to get the next start. Dubnik unfortunately played well but did not get the win, so they went back to Jones. I think that's what you're going to see this season unless it's a back-to-back. On the back-to-backs, I am more than positive, even if a goalie gets a shutout on Friday, because I think all the back-to-backs are Friday, Saturday, um, 
Saturday they're going to go with the other goalie just to be fresh. Um, the good news is, though, there's no travel because that Friday, Saturday is the same team, same location. A lot of times on back-to-backs in the NHL or almost every time in, in a normal season, you're traveling. You're, you're playing in L.A. and then you're not playing – usually you're not playing in Anaheim the next night. You're going to be flying to Phoenix or you're going to be flying to – or sorry, Glendale, whatever. Um, or you're going to go to Colorado or something. That's not, that's not fun to travel – into another time zone and play the next night. So um, the, at least the travel is less this season for those back-to-backs. It sounds, I think it sounds worse than it is having 12 uh, because you're not traveling as much. But I do think it's still going to be a 1A, 1B. And I do think Dubnik is going to end up being the better goalie than Jones this year. I'll say that. Glendale or whatever. Whatever. Can you be any more disrespectful? For what, all 10 of their fans? Whatever. <laughs> not no, that's Florida. That's Florida. Oh, the Arizona's, Arizona's got far 12. behind. Arizona has 12 fans. They should have stayed in Winnipeg. I'll say that. Okay, fair enough. I want to call out somebody who's calling me out, actually, and it's oh. uh-oh, Patrick Cabral. But Jones made two saves glove side during the shootout. It's not like Jones had no shots on the glove side. 100% you are correct. However, uh, one of those was that uh, kind of uh, funky move by Ryan O'Reilly trying to go backhand. Uh, on on the glove side there. And I don't even think he really got a good shot off there because you could see him, he kind of banged a stick afterwards. Uh, and then I'm not sure about the other one, but it was a glove side shot. He made the save. Great. That shows improvement in my mind. And that's something that we get excited about. However, uh, again, if I'm aiming my shot and my NHL caliber shot, which I don't have, uh, but in theoretically, uh, if, I, if I had an NHL caliber shot, I'd be going high glove on Martin Jones. Uh, even if you made the saves during the shootouts, that's where I would probably be uh, putting most of my focus. So uh, there's that. Thank you for calling me out, Patrick. I appreciate it. I do um, think I just got called out from Mr. Oh. Sandpaper. Such little faith in Jones from Aaron. It's not that I don't think Jones is a good goalie. I still think he's a good goalie and he will play well. But I think in the end, Dubnik is going to end up being on top. Yes. And um, so talking about the upcoming games, Friday and Sunday against the Wild. Now, you had said Friday, Saturday, and Nicholas Egan tried calling you out again. Lots of people calling us out. What's going on? Um, saying not this weekend, uh, right. Nick, but in the months coming, there are going to be Friday, Saturday games, and he feels, Aaron feels, uh, that no matter what, unless someone gets a shootout, or, or I'm sorry, not shootout, a shutout, um, that the goaltender is going to get changed between the Friday and the Saturday, uh, that they're not going right. to be actually playing the same goalie back-to-back. That's what Aaron right. was saying. He's not saying for the Wild games that are coming up. Uh, I but, didn't mean to, yeah, I didn't mean to confuse it. It's not starting until the 26th of February. From that weekend, one, two, three, every. four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, all twelve. It's yep. all twelve weeks in a row of Friday Saturday games, back to backs. It's the Got most it. in the whole league. So yeah, this week is Friday Sunday, not Friday Saturday. Yeah. So, and on that note, uh, the next show that we do will be on that Sunday. So, um, the, the cadence for us has picked up quite a bit all of a sudden. How huh? we were doing once a week, then it was, um, it's you know, once every week. once every couple months uh, <laughs> for this whole pandemic thing, and now we're like almost twice a week now. I think is what it's going to be. Uh, John Doe wants to know if uh, you're still rocking the dad shoes. I am not rocking the dad shoes. I'm rocking the dad feet right now, and I'm not willing to show you guys. So uh, that's all there is to it. I'm going <laughs> to the, the less you want to know, but uh, yes, the more you know. There you go. Um, Aaron, what else do you want? I know we have picture time coming up. I don't know if that's the next thing you want to jump into here. No, well, let's talk about this, the games coming up. What, yeah, sure. Go ahead. I would expect the Sharks to pick up two wins here, honestly. If they want to be in the playoffs, they need to figure out ways to win against the teams that should be under them. And I do think Minnesota should be under them. They have uh, a couple rookies in their team. One of them, Kipriz- I'm going to butcher his name because it's Russian. Kaprizinov? Kaprizinov? I have no idea. Enough. I don't know. Uh, he's amazing. He's absolutely amazing. He's a guy that I wanted on my fantasy team and I couldn't get because somebody else got him. But uh, he is great. So they have they basically have set up for themselves for the future, but the future is not here yet. So they're going to be a good team. And they're kind of in the same situation where they have older players kind of phasing out. Um, so I think the Sharks should be able to pull out four points in this, this series. I'd be happy with four. I'd be, I'd be okay with three and I'd be disappointed with less than that. Wow. 
Really? It's time to get serious, boys. Let's do that. <laughs> it's time for the Sharks to get some points up on the board. I'd be okay with two, happy with three, ecstatic with four. Nope. Okay. That's where we differ. I guess three. we'll, we'll have to agree on three then. We'll both be happy with three. Yeah? Sure. Okay. So 75% of the points, baby. That's what we're bringing back. You heard it here. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right, good stuff. All right, so uh, are we ready to move on from that now? Uh, let's do roll call. How about we do roll call? Let's do roll call. I already know one of you is from South Korea. That's awesome. I did see one from the Czech Republic, too, earlier. Wow. Um, tell us where you're watching. And there it is, Kirill Kaprizov. That's that's the guy I was thinking of, the rookie. Um, uh, where you're watching, what you got? And Yeah, where you're watching from. and. Um, and what what shoes you're wearing? Because I'm I'm getting called out for dad shoes. I see in there someone says I'm probably wearing Crocs. How dare you, sir? How, How dare you? Know? How do they know? <laughs> yeah, what kind of shoes? That's what I want to know. I'm wearing my Scott. right now. Scott, you're my, on you're on my naughty list, Scott. <laughs> my suede Pumas. I don't think I can really lift my foot up. No, we'll stick my shoe up. There you go. There you go. Yes. Hip and cool, Mr. Aaron there. Slippers, Jason Hillier. That's I'm what I'm talking about, buddy. We don't mess around. Stay comfortable. Stay warm. I don't think anyone's in shoes right now because they're all at home. <laughs> awesome. Uh, okay, so while the roll call is going, do we want to do the picture time? Sure, let's do picture time. Here's a picture... Super producer Jason will throw it up here. Here's a picture of Paul and I from way back. Let's see if you can figure out when this was, Paul. Here we go. Or if you remember even seeing this picture. Maybe. No, he's scrambling. There, there we go. There oh, yeah. Is. Oh, yeah. I've seen this one. I think, I think this is Happy Hollow. Yes. It is, right? It is because of the ice cream cone and the goat feed it's inside of it. Yeah, it's the food that you give the little goats. Or yes. whatever it was that was there. So there's me in the bottom left. Paul's in the middle with the big old ears and the the shaved head. Do I still have big ears? Maybe yeah, I do. Big ears right there, man. <laughs> this was in uh, I want to say it was kindergarten. Maybe first grade. I have no idea. I think that's kindergarten, honestly, because okay. I think I started buzzing my hair in first grade. I had the big old mop in kindergarten right there. Okay, so I know the kid. Say kindergarten. I know the kid on the rock. Do you know the kid behind you? Oh yeah, I know both. Really? Peter and Matt. That's Peter. Wow. Okay. Well, these people don't know who these guys are, but anyway, right. uh, there's very young Aaron and very young Paul holding ice cream cones filled with goat feed. This is the content you came here for, people. <laughs> Edmonton, we Alberta. I saw on there someone from uh, Edmonton coming in and checking out the show. Thank you. Appreciate that. Sure, we go we go way back. That's all. <laughs> that we do. This is before right, the well, Sharks were even a team. What's How that? that? This is before the Sharks were even a team. Yeah, that is true. All those cool. where's Aaron? All those kids have hair. Yeah, Aaron's in the uh, bottom left. No, I'm watching in San Diego. I was born in the Bay Area. Yeah, good stuff. Okay, well, uh, if there's any other comments or questions that you guys have, feel free to let us know, and we'll kind of pick through those. Um, we're kind of done going down uh, memory lane, I think. So, uh, yeah, just just let us know, and uh, if there's a question. If you want to make sure that your question gets seen, go ahead and use the Super Chat, and uh, all those go to help supporting the show, obviously. Uh, speaking of supporting the show, if you go to thefinfactor.com and you don't have a hat and you don't have shirts yet or you don't have stickers, feel free to uh, purchase any of those or all of those uh, so that you look phenomenal, of course, we'll help you out. No, no, no problem at all. Um, yeah. So any of that stuff obviously goes to uh, supporting the show, keeping the led ring lights on and uh, paying for the cameras that we're still paying off. So there you go. <laughs> I got a good, uh, good question here from C notes. Uh, do you think they will keep the lines from tonight and carry them into the next game into Minnesota? I think so. I thought tonight was a pretty strong game all around. You don't think so? Who would you switch out? I mean, okay, here's the thing. If you take a look at, 
at the bottom six so far, it's kind of been – there's been a guy going in and out almost every game, I think it's been. Um, Gambrell made his debut tonight. Nason made his ge- debut a, a couple games ago. Um, Handemark came in, you know, a couple games – last game. I feel like even if they get the win, and it wasn't a decisive win by any means, right, but uh, they did play better, and maybe that's enough for Bob to say, you know what, this group of guys – gets it. That's all I need. I don't need the production right now. I just need somebody who gets it because the production will come. So maybe that's all he's looking for. And maybe you don't see any changes to the lineup. Um, But just going off of the track record of they're constantly (laughs) swapping somebody out. I still feel like uh, you're going to see maybe one change here and there. Do you think Dylan Gambrell played uh, so, so well that he's going to be thrown back into the lineup necessarily, or do you think maybe somebody else gets the opportunity? Nason uh, looked like he was chugging out there, but I, he was not really a whole lot going on with him. So, uh, you you know, maybe they're going to give some of these other guys an opportunity. I like what they're doing at the uh, practices. You hear about, you know, this guy was playing between these two guys and it's not normal. And Bob's saying, don't look too much into it, but he's giving these guys an opportunity to practice with more than just the other taxi squad guys. He's given the opportunity to play with and practice with the guys that are in the lineup regularly. Right. So looking for some other chemistry, looking for some guys who might be ready to take that step. So I'm not sure. I feel like there's probably going to be at least one player um, who gets swapped out. Now, will that be Cambrell? Maybe. Will that be, you know, uh, Nason? Um, maybe. I don't think Sorensen's going to get swapped out at this point because he just got his goal. Um, but if he hadn't scored uh, tonight and he had kind of a lousy game, yeah, I could see him getting bumped out too for somebody else. So uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't think anybody's job is really safe, uh, which is a good thing. I think it helps promote, you know, guys – um, stepping up and saying, okay, you know what? I have an opportunity here because none of these other guys that are on the team right now are necessarily safe. If I put in the hard work, I might be able to get myself into this lineup. And it kind of gives the other guys the incentive to work hard because they know that there's other guys that maybe don't have the same name on the back of their jersey as they do, but as he, they know that the coach is going to let them play if they work hard. So it kind of gives everybody that incentive, and I like that. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I kind of still feel like there's going to be at least one guy that gets swapped out, kind of like a just because. Yeah, I could see. I thought Gambrell did okay tonight. Um, I mean, it was his first game. Did you see Nason uh, try and clear a puck out of his zone tonight? And he, he, like, his legs just gave out from under him. And he couldn't, it's like he couldn't <laughs> skate. It was like he was running on ice and not skating on the ice. It was kind of funny. Uh, and even, uh, even, um, Hedekin. Hedekin was laughing about it. Yeah. I remember now. Uh, yeah, we did. Uh, I want to point out, thanks to Lundy, he actually gave us two different super chats. One was for two dollars without saying anything, and then the other, the other one said four ninety nine. Uh, at least I don't think it says anything. We will get three quarters of the wild games as wins. Three. I'm guessing three or four points is what he meant. Uh, Lundy absolutely despises the wild because he lives in Minnesota, and so that's all he gets to hear and get out there, other than our show. So I just know that. So. I'm sure. Uh, so thank you. Thank you, Lundy, for the, the cash money there. Um, yeah, there, there are three things I know about Lundy. One, he hates Minnesota. Uh, two, he loves Justin Braun. And three, he's one of the most consistent Super Chat uh, guys that we have uh, here. So, Lundy, again, I want to say thank you, man. Uh, appreciate you so much. Uh, every little bit helps. Feel free, though, uh, to kind of save up what you would have done in Super Chat. Get yourself a hat or a shirt or something, though, bud. Uh, we want to give back to you as well. So, um, again, thank you. We we do appreciate it, and uh, we certainly love having you in the – there it is. <laughs> nice. We certainly love having you in the comments, bud. So go ahead, Aaron. Continue. Uh, with taking more where, – where am I going with this? Sometimes I just like putting you on the spot. That's all. No, was there uh, any other comments here? Like, uh, when will Carlson get his first point? Yeah, who knows? I mean, I think there's there's a progression there, right? I think he's looked better. He's got his feet moving. Um, we saw that today. He's got his stick uh, working real well for him. He was keeping the puck away from guys, doing a pretty good job there. I felt um, he wasn't stand out. Uh, necessarily offensively, but I don't think he was also standout on the defensive side in terms of blunders either. I thought he played well. So um, as his game picks up, I'm sure he's going to be getting more points. He's going to make those plays to the forward core. That's going to help bury him, yeah. uh, and, he and he's going to get some this. He did get a point in uh, the second game of uh, Arizona. He got an assist in that game. Oh, so he does have there one. You go. Yeah, um, I think he's. I think he's doing fine. I mean, he had another another game of 30 minutes tonight. I mean. 
part of that is because of the overtime. But um, yeah, the two overtime games, he's over 30 minutes. I'm looking at his ice time for both games. 32 minutes, 27 minutes, 25 minutes, and then tonight was 30 again. So that's a lot of ice time. Um, I think he likes it. I think it's good for him. I think that's his bread and butter and what we're paying him for. There's your $11 million or $11.5 million yeah. is having a guy out there for half the game. Well, I guess minus the overtime. Almost half um, the game. So, so Ricky, um, I'm going to slay that last name, so I'm going to stay away from it. That's, that's worse than uh, the hockey players. Uh, were you guys surprised Kane was still in the power play after the second time he killed it uh, by taking a lazy penalty? I was shocked. Um, I was a, a little bit shocked, yes. At the same time, um, I feel like you do want to have your best uh, scorers out there, and when he's not taking penalties, Kane is that guy. He's one of those guys. Um, that kind of stuff, though, I'm sure will be addressed uh, by Bob Bootner speaking with him directly through practices, um, that kind of thing. So uh, during the game, I think, you know, if that unit has been working well together and it's so close, probably the last thing you want to do is introduce a new guy to that system, even if the guy that you're taking out is the guy that killed your other two power plays. I'm like, I 100%, I get that. Um, but, you know, maybe just uh, sticking with it and then maybe addressing it after the game and, and during practice and saying, hey, man, we gotta, we got to clean this stuff up. And maybe in practice, by what I mean, not telling him during a practice, I'm saying is maybe having somebody else take his place in practice to get the message through and also to give that player an opportunity to work with the other group to see how they're moving the puck around and kind of gel with that group as well. So if Kane does this again, you can throw him in there, uh, the other player, whoever it is, uh, more confidently and not just kind of hope and pray that they're going to gel together, right? So uh, that's a very good question, though. I do appreciate that. Now, Mr. Sandpaper's been asking pretty much since the beginning of the stream, and thank you, Mr. Sandpaper, for staying with us uh, this whole entire time. Thoughts on Jumbo's injury tonight? Now, I did see this. I don't know all the, the details of what happened. Uh, Jumbo picked up the puck off the boards, uh, tried to make a pass or something like that, and someone just railroaded him. And um, it, it looked like he was holding his ribs, I'm not sure what was going on. I didn't get to, to get any follow-up on it. It's not really Sharks news anymore, so I'm not super paying attention to it, but it does suck seeing Jumbo get hurt like that. But he was kind of doubled over. Um, if you guys know what was happening with him, go ahead and, and let us know, or Aaron, maybe you know. I do not. Um, this, uh, their coach did say he's definitely going to cause the veteran to miss time. He got crushed by Josh Archibald in the final frame, and he was cradling his left arm. So maybe he uh, dislocated his shoulder. Could be a shoulder injury. Yeah, goes. all all I saw was uh, was the, the the numbers. He was skating away from where the camera was focused on him, and in, in the replay that they showed, um, and it looked like he was holding like his ribs. But yeah, maybe his arm. Um, really, it's such a bummer to see uh, Jumbo get hurt uh, and not being able to play. He just he loves the game so much. The last thing he wants to do is sit out. So um, I'm, who cares about the Toronto Maple Leafs? I care about Joe Thornton, right? So yeah, um, yeah, I know it just it just sucks to see a guy who loves the game that much not being able to to play. He's going to be out for a while. Yep. Uh, another good question here from Ricky. I think right now Burns is playing better. He should get more time on ice. Burns actually got more time on ice tonight than uh, Carlson by seconds, but still, Burns had 30 minutes and 51 seconds to Carlson's 30 minutes and 43 seconds. Uh, they're both getting fairly equal time. Carlson's maybe getting an extra minute or two per game. Um, I don't know. There's not much more you can really you can really give them, uh, Carlson or Burns. So um, you can't like it's not like you could play Burns any more than you're already playing them. So I, I don't know. I think I think they're doing it right. Uh, going back to your point about Kane staying out of the box, or at least coming back on the power play after that. Um, don't forget what kind of player Bob Bugner was. Do you remember? Yeah. yeah. I think I think uh, there's a reason Bob Bugner's nose is not straight. I'll say that. Uh, <laughs> you can take up some look up some highlights. He uh, he was a very rough player. Yeah. So uh, I I don't think he minds the the grittiness and sandpaper on Kane's game and trusts him to not be stupid. So um, yeah, I'm sure they had a talk like, hey, Kaner, bring it down a little bit. Don't get a little too excited because you're kind of hurting the team, but. I still think he's going to go to him and you're going to go to your best players to get the game done or get the, the goal scored. So um, I'm really liking Evander Kane's game these days. I think he's probably a consistently the best shark other than taking those kind of dumb penalties uh, in this game. I think the last three games, even before uh, he's been the best player. So I have no problems. Again, I have no problems with him doing that. 
I feel like Tomas Hurdle gets that title before um, EK9 does. Uh, yeah. So maybe we'll yeah. disagree a little bit there. I'll but, say Kane's um, the number two behind Hurdle. How about okay. That? Hey, we agree. Yay! Um, <laughs> Brass John would like a, uh, a compilation at the end of the season of every time that I put you on the spot suddenly. And the best part about that is the next comment from the Fin Factor, Super Producer Jason, says probably <laughs> says I'd pay to watch that. That'd be hilarious. I'm telling you, it's probably gonna happen, Aaron. Ten minutes of me going, uh what's this happening? <laughs> nice. Uh I also wanna see uh, another Brash John comment. Have we gotten the shoe thrown yet by mentioning a certain trade? No, we have not, and we're not going to. We wanna keep this guy's lumps down. Come on now. Uh, Be nice. Release the shoes, John says. John Doe says. Sandpaper. Go ahead. No, fire away. Oh, Mr. Sandpaper, anything special planned for episode 100, which is going to be this Sunday? No. <laughs> we don't. We probably should. Well, I'll get on that. What do you think we should do? Show yeah, uh, actually, yeah, you guys put in the comments what you you think we ought to do. That that'd be good. Um, for for maybe the Sunday show is show one hundred and one, and we squeeze one hundred in uh, as just like a highlights thing or something. I don't know. Well, Super Producer Jason doesn't look probably not gonna be too happy about that just by the look on your face. He's <laughs> like, uh, no. Well, okay, I don't know. Low budget episode one hundred preview. Okay, no, no, he's taking. <laughs> Oh, there's your <laughs> super producer Jason with a sense of humor, folks. Well done. Uh, if you're listening on podcast, he basically made everything black and took everything off the screen and said the low budget episode number 100 preview. Phenomenal stuff. Love it. Uh, Clips of Lundy donating end of year. Yes, we could definitely get uh, plenty of those. My goodness. Uh, hockey puck versus sho- uh, soccer ball. I can't talk. Yeah, Hardest we- shot. Hockey puck versus soccer ball. We need if a, it's Aaron and me, then it's going to be Aaron, I think. We need a, uh, a radar gun, which I don't know anyone that has. If you have a radar gun and you're willing to uh, let us use it, I guess. In the next three days? <laughs> sure. Anyway, we're all in San Jose. Except for the guy in, uh, in South Korea. Matt F., a real question. Timo needs to keep playing a tougher game. That's when he's the best, like game one against the Blues. I agree. I think Timo does better when the game kind of gets a little rough and tumble because he's a bigger guy, more of a power forward. It kind of gets him into the game. Uh, you ever seen like pregame stuff where people slap each other in the face, kind of kind of gets their endorphins going? I feel like that's a good thing for the hockey players to get kind of into the game early, get hit, either get hit or you lay a big hit, right? Um, that kind of gets those kinds of players. Not every player is like that, but those kinds of players it gets them into the game, and they they focus more and they get better. Yeah, you know what else gets guys uh, ready to rock before a game is uh, smelling salts. <laughs> if you've not seen the smelling salts episode, uh, I'm not going to tell you what number it is because I can't remember, but uh, I recommend it. So yeah. uh, another another Matt F comment, Marshall for episode 100. Sorry, <laughs> we Can might I say. Real right. quick, I just want to say that I like that he said, sorry, Aaron. <laughs> Nobody As else in, it's that. assumed I'm going to be on the show, baby. <laughs> Nobody else, yeah. It's not me and Marshall. It's Paula Marshall. <laughs> oh, uh, my goodness. Yeah, Patrick even saying bring back Marshall. Uh, wow. It might happen. It might happen. And actually, it probably will happen. Do you want to tell him why? Uh, my wife is expecting number three, baby number three in five weeks from now so i'm on i'm on baby watch it could happen any at any point now now it can happen so uh i might not be around and if i'm not around you'll know why there you go i'll make up a story assume the best (laughs) (laughs) nice baby Baby watch 2021 super producer jason pulling out all the stops i love it uh brash john again showing uh his allegiance uh, long-standing allegiance to the Finn Factor, saying my best memory off the top of my head is Paul coming back after Game Seven of uh, versus Vegas live show. Yes, that was also phenomenal. If you've not watched that episode again, highly recommend you go back and check that one out. Um, that was nuts. I came back, my voice was gone. We um, do still have uh, we still have people watching that. We do. We, we can see when people what kind of videos people are watching, and some of them pull that one up. And it's kind of funny. Like it's usually like about a dozen in like nice. the last thirty days. 
So yeah, and 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 for good reason, really. It really was a good episode and, and an awesome memory. I just also want to point out uh, for Aaron here. There's a lot of people saying congrats uh, for you and your wife there on uh, baby number three, and uh, obviously congrats to you uh, for when baby number three does come. Do you do you know if it's a boy or girl? We do not. So um, so we so hit me with your best names for a boy and a girl. Give me your best you boy and girl names. I love I'm that. sure my wife will be thrilled to hear these. <laughs> Matt F. Aaron with the hat trick. Yes. Yes. Uh, that's good. It's phenomenal. So I should name the baby something with an H, and then the middle name should be a T, so it could be HT for hat trick. My goodness. Putting too much thought in it. You should just call it uh, Chichu. Comes <laughs> the hat tricks. There you go. All right, cool. Uh, anything else you want to uh, talk about or go over here uh, or any other comment that you uh, thought was awesome or do you want to just wrap this all up? Um, yeah, I think that's about all I got. Unless you want to take any more questions. Um, just doing a brief look through power play. UK65 moves the puck slow. I don't know about that. I think he moves the puck uh, well enough. Burns has to return because they're off the mark. Okay. Uh, if I need inspiration, go back to watch your speech you gave, Paul. Yeah, I, it's, dude, I was in rare form that night. Uh, I'll admit it. Um, that was that was pretty good. But anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, cool. So I think uh, I think that that's good. That's it. So we'll uh, we'll let Super Producer Jason get some sleep, I guess. Uh, girl Ashley, and they want you to name it Tomash Hurdle. I think Hurdle Tomash. <laughs> Hurdle Tomash. H T Hat Trick Hurdle Tomash. Got it. Perfect. Well done. Good job, Matt. Matt with a lot of good questions. Usually it's Nicholas Egan that we're calling out. It's nice to have some other folks in here as well. Good stuff. Hey, I do want to thank you guys so much for tuning in and uh, joining us. Um, Again, we're kind of doing this after every two-game series. So expect that on the second game of the series, we're going to be going live afterwards. We're going to put it out on Twitter. So if you're not following us on Twitter, feel free to do that. It's at The Fin Factor. Same thing with Facebook. We're there. We don't post a whole lot there, but... If you want to follow us on Facebook, it's also at the Fin Factor. On Instagram, it is at Fin Factor. Aaron is pointing it up, saying that Paul, you're saying redundant things because it's there already. But I like saying it for the podcast folks, Aaron. The podcast folks, you have to think about them anyway. Um, yeah. So again, I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and for the crazy super producer Jason. I'm Paul, and I'm Aaron, and this has been episode number 99. We will see you uh, Sunday night. Sunday night, 100. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. If you like this episode, check out our other content, especially interviews. You can interact with us directly through social media at The Fin Factor and on Instagram at Fin Factor. And don't forget to join our live streams on YouTube. Visit our website at thefinfactor.com where you'll find all of our episodes as videos or podcasts. You'll also find our exclusive merchandise to help support our show.